All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 135 of Longbox Heroes After Dark. Todd and Joe here. Todd, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Um, you know, not so good. Um, let's get this out of the way, just in case you want to bail on what could follow. Uh, again, this is, as you could hear, that's the script for tonight's show, and I'm throwing it out the window. Right. Uh, as we typically have a very lengthy script for every episode. Uh, next week is Gallifrey Birds, Roman numeral six. Mm-hmm. Todd has to watch a professional wrestling event from the past, and I have to watch something from season six, Doctor Who. Not season six, but oh, the sixth the doctor. Sixth doctor. Yes. I forget some doctors get dozens upon dozens of seasons, and some of them get like a TV movie. Yes, you 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 nailed it once again, as you often do. Right. Uh, so the event that Todd needs to watch is one of the red letter events, uh, precursor to the Attitude Era, and this is one of those things where you could argue where does the Attitude Era begin, where does it, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, this would be the World Wrestling Entertainment In Your House Extravaganza from July of 1997, known as Canadian Stampede. Ooh. Uh, now, Can- it, is, it is a shorter event because the In Your House events were typically shorter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the event includes the Godwins versus the New Blackjacks. Uh, Mankind versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I know those. Right. Uh, the Great Sasuke versus Taka Michinoku. Mm-hmm. The Undertaker versus Vader. Darth? No, Big Van. Mm-hmm. And in your main event, uh, the Hart Foundation of Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, Davy Boy Smith, and Brian Pillman take on the ragtag bunch of Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ken Shamrock, Gold Dust, and Hawk and Animal, the Legion of Doom. Oh, what a rush. Oh, what a rush indeed. So again, nice, snappy, little two-hour show that Todd will have the uh, opportunity to watch. Mm -hmm. And we're going to discuss on After Dark here next week. Yep. So what's, what's, uh, what's in the hopper for me? You will be getting uh, a Doctor Who story starring Colin Baker, no relation to Tom, before you ask. Um, that's the one with the multicolored jacket that, you know, you love. Um, it is story 139. Look at that. Look how many there are up there at this point. Um, and it's called Vengeance on Vados. Vatos. No, Varos with oh. an R. Um, Olé, Vatos. Yes, now you're getting on the planet Varos, prisoners and guards alike are subject to the severest po- forms of punishment, which are then broadcast to the masses as entertainment. For the doctor, Varos is the only hope for him to locate the rare mineral Zydeon 7 to power his ailing TARDIS. Arriving on Varos, he and Perry are soon caught up in events beyond their control. Freeing the rebel leader Jandar and incurring the wrath of the sinister alien Sil. That's, remember Sill, I think you're going to enjoy Sill. All right. Are, are just the beginning of their ordeal. 
Hunted through the concealed terrors of the Punishment Dome, the Doctor becomes the subject of Varos's latest TV entertainment. This is one show where he may not survive beyond the cliffhanger. And, and how many episodes is this? 17? 17. All right, I have to tell you something about this. It is two episodes, but during the one season of Doctor Who, they went from 22-minute episodes to 45-minute episodes. So you'll have two 45-minute episodes. Basically, on the back, it says 89 minutes. So you're getting a short one. All right. Good. It works out. It works out. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know why they went to the 45. I uh, know there's probably people who can tell me, and I probably used to know. But I don't know why they went to the 45-minute uh, episodes for, for this season. And then the next season, they went back to the 20 two-ish, 23-ish minute episodes. Oh, that's interesting that they, I assume that once they would go hit it, they would just kind of keep it at the longer. Right. Yeah. And then, and then it was weird because this season, this is his first season as the Sixth Doctor, after his first appearance that you saw in the Regeneration, it was a whole year before they did episodes. Oh my goodness. Yes. And we'll get into all the fun of Colin Baker's uh, run. And stuff like that, and uh, I'm sh- I have a feeling you're going to enjoy the Sixth Doctor. He's going to be your favorite of them all, I think. How could I choose just one? They're all my favorites, Todd. <laughs> That's the way I say. I say I love them all. I just I love them all equally. That's the the way I do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with that out of the way, um, let's kind of get into some other stuff, I guess. Um, um, so it's been a rough day today for me when this is being recorded, uh, Tuesday. Uh, you know, as we've talked about on the show, uh, I've been doing wrestling commentary for AIW, Rupier Wrestling, as Todd calls it, out in Ohio, uh, since 2012. And... You know, of all the people there, you know, they have the two guys who run it, um, Chris, who's known as Chandler Biggins, and John, uh, John Thorne, um, you know, Chris was the one who reached out to me. It was during the whole Chikara shutdown storyline, you know, and we all had to pretend like it was real. And uh, I just sent out one tweet saying... Uh, well, hey, I don't have uh, all these bookings for Chikara anymore. If anyone wants to book me as a commentator, here's my email address, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I think most people kind of smelled something was up, that it was just a storyline. Um, but Chris reached out to me, and he asked me if I wanted to start uh, doing commentary for AIW. There was already a carload of folks from the East Coast, and this is one of the things I always find funny with people from different areas, as simple as East Coast to Midwest to Southwest to West Coast to Canada. Uh, If you, Todd, are a promoter in anywhere in the United States and you have people who are traveling from Canada, you just assume that they can all drive in together. (laughs) Not realizing that Canada is a country that spans the entire length of the United States. That's right. Whereas promoters in the Midwest 
think, oh, all East Coast people all travel together because they're all relatively close to each other. Like, I have uh, another event this upcoming weekend for friend of the show, past guest of the show, Tom Green, uh, Dynamite Cop. It's a charity show that he's doing for a foster uh, child uh, group called Together We Rise. All the proceeds are going to that. Uh, the show is long sold out, etc. Uh, but there are, are two different cars coming from North Carolina. Their drive is 10 hours. My drive is 10 hours. If I was to meet up with them at any point, or they were to meet up with me at any point, it would add minimally an extra six to eight hours onto each of our rides. Mm -hmm. But we're all technically coming from the East Coast. Right. So that's just unfortunately how things work. So um, I start working for uh, AIW, doing commentary, and in a very short amount of time, um, I was made to feel very welcome by both Chris and John as part of the uh, as part of the crew. Um, you know, they would bounce ideas off me. They would ask me for my opinion on things. Uh, they would say, hey, we're thinking about doing this or we're thinking about doing that. What do you think we should do? And, you know, it, it, they, they valued my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, made those trips. And, Todd, you know better than anyone that I hate leaving the house. I, I don't like yep. doing Right. So to get into a car for six hours to go to a wrestling event and then another six hours to come home, sometimes longer with traffic and stops and everything else, um, going out and seeing both Chris and John made things worthwhile um, on top of the shows and everything else. Um, so flash forward to just this past March, uh, Chris fell ill. Uh, he came down with pneumonia, they think. Uh, he was feeling really run down. They thought that's what it was. He kind of blew it off. And, uh, he ended up being admitted to the emergency room, and things from there escalated very quickly. And since that time around, you know, the second week of March, he had been in the emer- in, been in the hospital that entire time. Um, it turns out... You know, in the pneumonia, along with other complications, caused many uh, fluid buildups inside of his organs, and because of that, the organs were starting to deteriorate and rot, and that was what led to his failing health. And as they uh, performed these surgeries on him, he slipped into a coma that he would come in and out of Regularly, um, they had to put a tracheotomy in so he could breathe. Um, it was, it was a bad situation. And there were many times where, you know, we would get updates. And by we, I mean, you know, everyone who was closely involved with AIW, uh, John would, was in touch with Chris's mother and Chris's brother, Jeff. They would relay the information to John and John would kind of disseminate the information to us before he made the information public to the public. So, uh, during the last three months, there had been many ups and downs, you know, um, there was a show in April where show went great. Everything was fantastic. 
um, you know, the usual trips up, trip ups with the shows. And then John comes home Saturday morning to find out that they were ready to give Chris his last rights as how bad things had gotten. And then all of a sudden the next day, he bounced back and everything was fine. Um, so as the weeks and, you know, the days and weeks went on, you know, his condition would get better more often than it would get worse, but obviously it would get worse from time to time. Um, he wasn't allowed to see too many visitors. John would be able to visit him occasionally, his mother and his brother, of course. Uh, we had an event in May, uh, just about a month or so ago where we were out there for two days and many of us wanted to go see him. And we were told that we weren't able to, uh, just because that many visitors, um, trying to come see him would do more harm than good. And by that, he was starting to get more of his, uh, he wasn't able to speak, but he was able to communicate, you know, acknowledge what you were saying, nod yes, no, you know, move his hands, kind of communicate in a way like that. But still, due to the damage done, the number of surgeries and everything else, there was still a long ways to go. Um, so uh, it was around this time where he started to become a little bit more mobile, and any time that anyone would come to visit, he would try to leave. Um, while with a tracheotomy, in with the IVs hooked in, all that sort of stuff, hooked up to all the monitors and everything that was keeping him alive, he was just trying to get out of there. Anytime anyone would come to see them, he would try to leave with them. And that was not conducive to the betterment of his health. Uh, so then... It was just um, about a week ago today where the most recent update that we had got was that he was off the ventilator for the first time uh, with no complications and for, a, for a full 48 hours. And they said that once he had five days that he, they would be able to put a speaking valve in and that he would be able to eat solid food for the first time in three months. And also, um, that was the first night that he slept completely through the night in three months. Again, that was a week, that was six days ago, a week ago. Uh, things were looking very optimistic. And then all of a sudden, uh, Tuesday morning around two o'clock, uh, Chris passed away. Uh, and again, I don't know how suddenly it was. Um, you know, obviously, as we, as I mentioned, things kind of were up and down with it, and this was just kind of, you know, and I, I don't want to say that it was sudden, and I don't want to say that, like, I thought he would 100% make it out. I wanted him to make it out, but, you know, with the ups and downs and everything that he'd gone through, we all knew it was going to be a long time before he was back to the Chris that we knew and loved. And when I say we, I mean, um, pretty much wrestling as a whole. Um, when the news of this broke, it, it, it's gone from, you know, his family, of course, to the people who knew him in Cleveland, to friends that he, that knew him when he was just a kid doing a public access show in college and had this pipe dream of running a professional wrestling promotion that he successfully ran along with John for the better part of the last 12 years. Um, you know, he launched careers of, 
or I don't want to say it's crazy to say launched, but people like, you know, if you watch wrestling now, people like Seth Rollins, people like Dean Ambrose, um, you know, others, they got their start in AIW, and that was the first promotion that they were really allowed to do whatever they wanted, essentially. And then, obviously, that led to them getting bigger things, of course, but you know, you could trace their roots and the first time that you see them as who they are on WWE TV today in AIW. And it was because of Chris and it was because of John, you know, as much as they love the old wrestling and bringing in people like your Terry Funks and, you know, Booker T even, who's not that old, but, you know, the kind of the range of that sort of wrestlers, it was them having that sort of eye for the younger talent or the guy who's hot or the guy who's just on the cusp of things. Uh, who's going to break out and explode and become, like, that next big thing. Um, you know, people who are, like, in TNA right now, like Ethan Carter III, or people in NXT, like Johnny Gargano. You know, for the better part of most of his career, Johnny Gargano only wrestled in AIW, and that's where it kind of led him on, and he was, you know, one of the guys that Chris and John kind of cultivated in AIW. And because of that far-reaching uh, impact that they had, but also... You know, there are people in wrestling on the smaller independent level that give people an opportunity who, suffice to say, I don't want to say are not good people, but I highly doubt they will be remembered the way that Chris is being remembered and spoken of today. Um, You were seeing, you know, how much his life touched so many others' lives um, you know, when someone like Kevin Owens takes the time out of his day to, like, write this four-page thing to put up online about what Chris meant to him, and said that, you know, his performance on SmackDown tonight was dedicated to him and his family, like, that's, that's huge, and as I'm talking about this, it was just one of those things that when I got the, when I read it this morning, I, I didn't think it was real, um, And I've been doing everything that I can from just not crying all day because of this. And Chris was just one of those guys that it it breaks my heart to see this happen. And, you know, obviously this outpouring that everyone is having is fantastic. And he is going to be missed by by so many people. And, you know, it's and I'm a very small part of his life. Uh, You know, I am not his mother, I am not his brother, and there are hundreds of more people that he has had a much more direct influence on than me. So I can't imagine what they're going through right now. If someone who, you know, was only in his life for the better part of four years, as opposed to people who were in his life his entire life for 12 years, or even the people that have only been in his life for two years, that he was on that track to helping them get to you know, those levels that he's helped other people get to. And, you know, just unfortunately the way that things work, uh, with the event that I have this Sunday, uh, Chris's services are on Saturday. So I'm rearranging my trip um, so that I can go and pay my respects to Chris and his family and to get a chance to see you know, all the people that we came to know and love through AIW together. Um, and, you know, this is not private information, of course. 
Um, John put it out through all the AIW social media. Uh, but if you are in the Ohio area this Saturday, uh, the viewing is at St. John's Funeral Home in Bainbridge Township. And then there will be a reception, uh, kind of a, you know, a get together afterwards, uh, nearby in Chagrin Falls, uh, Ohio. And of course, you know, any AIW information, social media or otherwise, you could find, uh, that information, of course. And, you know, I'm sure if you've ever been a wrestling fan or an AIW fan or whatever it is, and you're in the area, you know, this is going on on Friday, of course. So whatever it is, um, but it would mean a lot to John and Chris's family. And of course, you know, come over and say hi to any of all of the people that are going to be there, I'm sure. Um, and then also this, I don't know where things are going to go from here now. Um, so while all this is going on, um, as I'm sure Todd, you maybe, uh, I don't know. Does your father text my father? Yes. No, no. Okay. So my father texts and Facebooks and he does the whole thing now. It's all brand new to him. Mm hmm. And, uh, he sent me and my brothers a text today, um, telling me that, uh, his brother, my uncle, uh, passed away of liver cancer today. Oh. So, while it is very sad, the way that we, we were brought up, uh, unfortunately is, and, you know, this is why I'm kind of saying I don't know where this is going to go, but, you know, we're going to just kind of play it by ear, is um, we were not very close to my father's side of the family. He has a brother and a sister with seven kids between the two of them. My mother had uh, a sister and four brothers. We were close with one of her brothers. The rest we were not close with at all. Uh, there were times, and it was just the way that my families did things. Um, so the first time that I saw this uncle who passed away today uh, in many years was when my mom passed away two years ago. So with this information that my dad sends to us, he and my other brothers in the little text group are making jokes about it mm -hmm. because again, my father and his brother and his sister are not very close. Um, I am not as close with two of my brothers as I am with my youngest brother, Tony, my youngest brother, Tony has for the better part of the last, three years been battling alcohol addiction he's been in and out of rehab at least three times in the last year uh he is unresponsive to phone calls or texts he is never home he is never around uh, my other brother rico lives in texas my my twin brother jim he and rico are the closer ones of course and obviously we all have kids now and i i always try my hardest not to um, have happen with my brothers with what happened with my mother and her siblings 
and my father and his siblings. As I see that this is a thing that can happen, that things can go away, whereas I can also see that things don't have to be that way. Um, before I met April, I didn't know or realize that you could have that sort of relationship with your family. April is very close with all of her family from uncles to cousins to second cousins and way on down the line, whereas I don't think most of my cousins would recognize me if they bumped into me on the street or vice versa. Um, and seeing the way that my brother and my father reacted to the passing of his own father really fucked me up today on top mm -hmm. of everything else. So I'm hoping uh, to get some catharsis going out to Ohio to see everyone this week. And I, I did get a chance earlier. I'm, I, I, I was afraid that I was going to really, really break down and talking about this. And it's always good to kind of get this, this sort of stuff out when it's inside. Um, and I did get an opportunity earlier today to kind of not unload, but kind of talk to someone um, outside of April about all of this. And I think that's probably why I'm not breaking down the way that I am right now. Um, but again, I just needed a chance to kind of vent this sort of stuff. And I, I do thank you, Todd, for letting me use this as a vehicle to do so. Yep. Yes, because I was going to step in and say no. Right. No, I'm, you know, just trying to lighten it up a little bit. But yeah, whatever, whatever, man. This is, I knew when we got the news today, or not, you know what I mean, when I heard, because um, I follow, you know, on Twitter and stuff, and I, and I figured out what it is. And I'm like, okay, I figure that's maybe something that the After Dark is going to be about today. And I'm just going to let Joe do what, whatever he wants. You know what I mean? Because I didn't know this gentleman. Anything I say, I think is just, you know, is just, is just blabbing. So I was like, just have at it, Joe. You know what I mean? Right. Don't right. mind me. I'm, I, cause I don't know what to say back, you know? No, I, I, I understand. Um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff there and I, I don't know. I, all I could say is, you know, if you ever need anything, you need to bullshit. You know where I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and, and we'll see. Um, I, and, again, that's why I wanted to kind of get the, you know, the Gallifrey bird shit out of the way at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just in case anybody didn't want to hear this or deal with this or whatever it was, maybe – you're going through something similar or hearing something of this nature and you just don't need to hear more of it. Um, then again, by all means, you know, maybe you didn't hear this or maybe you did. And I, I do thank you for bearing with me with this. Mm. Um, yeah. So I don't know. That's about it today. Yeah. Like you said, I'm sorry. I, I'm no good in these situations. No, listen, I'm no good in these situations either, man. Um, this is not the sort of thing that I like to deal with, just because I'm bad at dealing with these sort of things. I know exactly what you mean. Right. But here we are, um, having no choice but to deal with it. And, uh, you know, hoping things get turned around in the next couple days. Um, you know, kind of looking at the bright side of things i'm gonna gonna get a chance to see brian and his family 
Ace is going to get a chance to play with the kids for a while while I'm running around and doing all this. And, uh, yeah, that's all. Uh, I'm not really sure how else to, to end this other than just saying, like, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, next week's After Dark will be a little bit more upbeat and fun and lively and so forth. But, uh, mm-hmm. just needed to kind of get this out. Definitely. Yep. So thanks for listening.